In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Worship Service Podcast. This is our very first podcast since our church regathered for in-person worship on the 6th of June, 2021. It's been 64 Sundays from March 15th, 2020, when we suspended in-person worship due to the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, to June 6th, 2021, when we regathered in our church gym for worship. A lot has happened and a lot has changed, but one thing that has remained the same is we have continued worshiping a living Jesus Christ. I'm recording this on Sunday afternoon after the in-person worship service, and I can't tell you what it meant to me uh, to see our church members and new friends and new faces alike uh, in the gym, gathered together, worshiping God together. Uh, the only way I can describe it is, he- is heavenly. It was such a beautiful thing to see everybody, and I'm so grateful for all of those faces and all of those lives that have continued worshiping with us. And you, listener, who have faithfully listened to our worship service podcast, you're one of those people, even though we may not have seen your face this morning. I am grateful for everyone who has worshipped via podcast, because it represents a love for neighbor, a care for the most vulnerable, for the people who are truly at risk of this devastating virus that has swept through our entire world and continues to ravage places like India especially. You'll notice as you listen to this a few different things. First of all, it's not our usual podcast. Uh, We recorded the prayer section, uh, Melissa recorded a song, and I recorded the sermon. Uh, And the other thing you'll notice, it is not the usual audio quality. We are still working on how best to present a good audio quality while also trying to do video and also uh, paying attention and making sure everything runs smoothly in person. So please bear with us, uh, but we are just so glad to be seeing everybody again on Sunday morning at 819 John Adams Street uh, in Oregon City, Oregon. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening, for worshiping, for acknowledging that the Lordship of Jesus knows no time and space, but that we can love and serve him wherever we are. May the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.
come before the Lord in prayer. Dear Father God, we come before you this morning with joy in our hearts as we have now regathered in person worship. We are here this morning to honor you above all others. 
As we are here to worship you, may the Holy Spirit be part of our worship service. We thank you, Father, how you have protected us throughout the pandemic, and you will continue to do so. We thank you that we can now worship and fellowship with our church family. Father, we thank you for the new people you have brought to our church. May we, as the church family, welcome them with open arms. May God's love be upon each and every one of us, both members and visitors. I lift up to you the prayer requests of all of those this morning. For those who need a touch from you because of sickness, recovery from surgery, emotional healing, chemotherapy, financial difficulties, or other requests. Help them to rely in your spirit as they go through these difficulties in their lives. You have promised to never leave or forsake them. You have also promised that you will answer their requests. Please help them to accept what your answer will be. Be with our young church, especially those who are graduating from high school and facing an uncertain future. We give them the confidence to contact their leaders for help if they need to. May the Holy Spirit be instrumental in their lives as they are making decisions about their future. Holy Father, may First Baptist Church of Oregon City be salt and light in this neighborhood. May we show the love of Jesus to our neighbors in our words and actions. May the Holy Spirit be our guide as we discern what our mission might be in this neighborhood. Be with Pastor John as he brings us a message from your word. Open our hearts and ears to receive his words you have given him through the power of the Holy Spirit. May this worship service be a blessing to all that are here or will be listening to it on a recording. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the love, grace, and mercy you show to us each and every day. Also, Lord, I pray that those who are visitors will come back and worship with us again. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Hi there, John here again. Just a note about the sermon recording and all of my excited slash nervous energy this morning. I forgot to turn the recorder on for the first few uh, minutes of the sermon. So it picks up probably around about the second or third minute of the sermon. I don't think we missed that much, but it introduces the idea of remembering. And so here we are with the rest of the sermon. And so we have our memories, don't we? We try to have our memories. Some of us have trouble remembering things, um, and that could be just from uh, the way that we're wired, but we also are made out of, of flesh, and our, our bodies don't always work the way that we want them to, and that includes our minds, and sometimes our minds deteriorate over time, and, and we don't get to keep our memories. But we hold, as long as we can, we hold on to good memories. We remember good things. We remember good days. We remember days like today when we get to come back together and worship face to face. We remember good days like particular birthdays or in 1990 when the Cincinnati Reds won the World Series. 
Hey. We, re- we remember all of these good things, but they're right next to the difficult things. We remember the tough days at work. We remember difficult diagnoses from the doctor. We remember when people that we love very much took their last breath, whether it was expected or sudden. And we hold these memories together, good and bad, but hopefully we put a little bit more weight on the good things that we remember. Remember is a key word in the scriptures. It goes through the whole of the Bible. Because in in the law, the first five books of what we call the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the Torah, the Pentateuch, the law, whatever you want to call it. In there, God rescues the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, and they are constantly told, remember, remember what the Lord has done for you. Well, and time goes on, and and they they get a little bit farther and farther away from from those days of, of being rescued from the Egyptians. And they're in, they're in the land that, they, that were, was promised to them. And they start straying from God. And one prophet after another, after another, tells them, remember, remember what God did for your ancestors and turn back to God. They plead with the people, keep these memories, remember. And they don't. We'll get to that in a minute. And then, later on today, in our service, we're going to celebrate the Lord's table. And one of the things that Jesus says at the Lord's table is do this in remembrance of me. Remember. It's such a key word in the scriptures, but it's also a key word in our lives because we are told to remember these things as well. You may have noticed, uh, if, you, if you had your Bible, that Psalm 126 says at the, the top, it might say a Psalm of Ascent, A-S-C-E-N-T. Or it might say uh, a song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. This is from a section of Psalms called the Psalms of Ascent. It it says so right there. Psalm 120 is the beginning of this section. Psalm 134 is the end of this section. And these psalms were songs that were sung as people were climbing the hill to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built up on top of a very high hill, and they needed something to pass the time. If you've ever been hiking or ever been forced to go up a hill with me, Uh, as my wife Katie has been, Um, you'll know that you need something to pass the time and to take your mind off of the excruciating pain that is in your legs. And so they would sing. And they wouldn't just sing any songs. If you read these psalms, these are psalms of great remembrance. These are psalms for people to remember. And so we come to Psalm 126. 
and we come to it on this day of all days because it was a reminder, a remembrance of when God had delivered his people. The prophets had begged the Israelites, please come back to God. Remember what God did for you. Turn back to God. And they continued to chase after one foreign God, after another, after another. And finally, they were captured, they were conquered, and they were taken off to live in Babylon. The wealthier ones were anyway. The poorer ones were left to scratch out their existence in a burned out city. And so they were there until about the year 538 BCE when they were able to come back into the land. They were able to return to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem wasn't just a city. It wasn't just a city that was a, a popular city that had good restaurants and a decent nightlife and a nice quaint downtown district. It was a city where they believed the glory of God to dwell. But as we heard in the passage that Doreen read earlier from Ezekiel, that because of the people turning their back on God, the, the glory of the Lord had left. And so they came back to Jerusalem after so long, and they came joyfully. They came rejoicing. And when we read in this psalm, we read of the great joy of their return. They said it was like a dream. And we think of our recent exile that was for entirely different reasons. None of us were made to march 600 miles across the desert. But we had a very good reason to not be in this place together. But now we're back. Now we are back in this place. And we are glad. We are glad to be back. Biblical scholar Eugene Peterson, uh, the guy who wrote a, a Bible translation called The Message, wrote this. Present gladness has a past and a future. Present gladness, when we are experiencing joy in the present, it has a past and a future that we look to as people who follow the ways of Jesus. Remembering what God has done for us guides us in our joy. And so let's think about this word, remember, especially when it comes to this psalm. This psalm has an implicit memory. It starts off, when the Lord brought his exiles back to Jerusalem, there's memory right there of the difficulty. They remembered that this awful thing had happened that they had been forced to go across the desert, that they had been forced into this difficult situation. And we have this memory as well. Over 500,000 people in our country alone died of COVID. The deaths are still 
piling up in countries like India who deserve our prayers. We watched as, as we tried different things to keep people safe, to keep people well. And still, lots and lots of people have stories of those who either lost their lives or at worst, or maybe worse, are left with debilitating health problems for the rest of their lives as a result of COVID. But we also think of other times in our lives when we have sorrow, when we have pain. This word cancer, it's not just a diagnosis, it is something that you go through, something that you endure, something that a road of sorrow that you and your family and everybody who loves you walks through with you. You may have lost your job at some point. You may not have known where your next meal was going to come from. And we remember these sorrows. And we have to remember these sorrows and we have to be realistic about remembering our sorrows. But it's not so that we can flog ourselves or beat ourselves or beat ourselves up or be bitter about what happened to us. Because the psalm instantly switches and says, we remember when the Lord brought us back. We remember when the Lord brought us out of exile. And so we hold with these bitter memories Yes, we have them. Yes, it happened to us. And don't let anybody take your, your grief from you, but don't let your grief douse the energy and the, the joy that you have from God delivering you. Worship may be different today. Things may be different for First Baptist Church today than they were 64 Sundays ago, but guess what? God has still delivered us. God has still brought us back to this place to worship together. And so we remember. We remember what the Lord has done for us. And we rejoice knowing that God has brought us back to this good place. And it's verse 3 that is kind of the center point of this song, because that's where the rejoicing comes in. Verse three says, yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. The deliverance of God comes with laughter. The deliverance of God comes with, with great rejoicing. And when we get through these things, there's joy to be had. There's laughter to share. I think of a scene at the end of uh, Return of the King, which is the third movie in the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And uh, I'm going to spoil it for everybody, but you've had like 20 years. So you get to the end, and, and Frodo and Sam are able to destroy the ring that represents all evil. And they get back to, uh, to the kingdom of Gondor, and they're in the, the houses of healing, and 
uh, Frodo's laying there, and one by one, all of his friends come rushing back into the room. And there's no dialogue. There's no, like, Frodo wakes up and goes, wait, what happened? Wasn't I on a volcano? Yeah, and we, you know, the eagles took care of it, just like they did everything else. There's just laughter. All of Frodo's friends come in, and they're just laughing, and it's joy. Because the darkness has passed, and we recognize this. The darkness has passed, and we've been delivered out of it, and there's joy. There's joy to be had. I know that joy doesn't come easily. And I know that sometimes the things in this life that weigh us down, the things that are in our lives that cause us sorrow, hang on for a while. Sometimes for years. And sometimes there are situations where we may depart this life without ever seeing the, the joy and the deliverance that we expect. And we have to acknowledge this, but we know that it's joy and the hope of this deliverance that holds us through the difficult times. Because our deliverance in life may not always come in this life, it may come in the world to come. But we still hold on to this joy and we still hold on to this hope that God can do everything God says God can do. And so we take joy in deliverance. Then the psalmist goes on to say, Restore our fortunes, O God. As the streams renew the desert, and the, the desert streams that he's talking about, there's a desert in the, the southern part of, of the land of Israel called the Negev. And once or twice a year, it will get a whole lot of rain, and the rain sweeps through, and flowers bloom, and, and life comes back into the desert. And the person who wrote this psalm says, restore our fortunes like this and looks forward to the future. Because we don't live exclusively in the present. We are people of hope. We are people of hope and the belief that God has a better future for us than what we have planned for ourselves. And so we live in this hope, and we go through our lives with this hope. Yes, as the psalm says, we may plan in tears. Yes, we may weep as we put out the seed. And he's using an agrarian analogy here. Because there may be times that we plant these seeds of hope while weeping. That we plant the seeds of joy while mourning. Because just as you, you plant a seed in the ground, you don't know when that seed exactly is going to burst forth into life. 
you may be going through great sorrow today. You may have something to be terribly sad about. This may not be the way that you imagine coming back to in-person worship. And so we sow in sorrow sometimes. But then we're told that we harvest in joy. That we bring in this crop with laughter and singing. Because we know that God is good and that God has brought us through when we see this deliverance. We know that we have a great God to hope in. We know that we have a great God to rejoice in. And so the question that I have for us this morning is what are we reaping? We've spent about 14, 15 months sowing in tears. I'll, I'll be honest. I shed my fair share of tears over this time. It has not been easy. I've questioned myself, doubted myself, wondered if I, if I was going in the right direction. I have shed tears for things that once seemed normal suddenly seemed so abnormal for things that should be so simple as loving one's neighbor suddenly became highly partisan politicized. I shed tears for people who were going through indescribable grief at the loss of loved ones, at the loss of jobs. And so we're here at the harvest we're here at the harvest of joy. And what are we going to reap? Are we just going to reap enjoying being in the same room together? Or have we sown the seeds of hope in our neighborhood? Have we sown the seeds of hope amongst the people around us? That there is still a God, that Jesus is still Lord and that he is unquestioningly for the hurting, the broken, the oppressed, and the despairing. Are we going to harvest for our neighborhood? Are we going to harvest with laughter so that people can see that there is a place for them to call home? That there is a place for outcasts and misfits to come? and to be amongst people who love them and care about them? Are we going to harvest the love of Jesus among each other as we make our return to something that feels like normal? Are we going to harvest the fruit of these relationships that we have, have carried through this pandemic. We are returning from a time of tears, remembering the danger 
but also the deliverance. We are celebrating in great joy today and being expectant of what God will accomplish among us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.